Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. As the war between Russia and Ukraine rages on, the Valorant Champions Tour, or VCT, has Russian players facing restrictions from competing. This affects Fnatic and Fun Plus Phoenix, who reportedly were scrambling to find replacements for its Russian players. Because FPX was not able to find enough replacements, it will not be traveling to Reykjavik in Iceland, and will instead be replaced by Team Liquid. The tournament is set to begin on April 10th. Because VCT Masters is an international event, Russian players cannot travel internationally due to ongoing restrictions. Joining me today is .esports investigative reporter George Geddes. George, thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. So George, it seems that VCT is seeing a huge toss-up regarding its major competition. I mean, how bad is it that Russian players and Fun Plus Phoenix will not be able to compete in the event in Reykjavik? Yeah, it's really unfortunate, to be honest. Um, you know, FPX was, you know, the best team in Europe. Um, I, I think probably by quite a big margin, actually. Um, yeah. They were extremely impressive during the regular season. Um, and the fact that they had such a big glow up, um, you know, they brought in some new players. They changed everything around. Um, you know, they switched up some roles. They got a new analyst. They really did try, you know, during uh, Challengers 1 to make everyone sort of realize and remember how good they can actually be um you know and they, they went through a lot of hardships right um you know they brought in some great players and it really did pay off for them you know they they finished um as arguably the best team in europe right mm. um so i think they had a lot of momentum going into this tournament um and i think they were definitely probably one of the favorites to actually win the entire thing um so Honestly, I'm I'm pretty shocked and I'm pretty saddened by the fact that FPX can't attend. Um, you know, it it is it is a major burden. Obviously, there's nothing really they can do about it. Um, you know, the fact that they had uh, two Russian players and you know they also had to deal with uh, the Angel situation as well. Like, it's all just very unfortunate. Um, luckily, they have like Baddie G and stuff like that, so it's not you know it's not the end of the world, but. It's still really unfortunate that they tried so hard. They performed so well during the regular season. They've done so well just to not even attend the first international event, you know? Mm. Um, so I think it's a really big, it's a really big hit for FPS, FPX especially. Do we have any idea how much FPX invested into its Valorant squad and how much money uh, they'll be kind of, you know, losing or leaving on the table by not being able to attend this event? Well, I think in terms of like specific figures, uh, I'm not really too sure. Um, I think it all comes down to the morale of the players, to be honest. Um, you know, quite a few of them are Russian, you know, Shigetsu and, and Shao, they're both Russian players. Um, and I don't believe they've actually performed at an international tournament before. Um, so, you know, these were, this is, this was the first time that these guys actually get to perform internationally um, on the main stage. And it's just sort of taken away from them by, you know, means not of their own. You know what I mean? It's, it's really unfortunate. Um, monetary wise, uh, it's you know it's it's really unfortunate. I, I wouldn't be able to give you a specific figure, um, but obviously, Fun Plus Phoenix, obviously, like every other organization, wants to try and get their name out there. Um, yeah. You know, branding is especially important for international events. You know, because you see uh, sponsorship logos on on jerseys, you get your name out there. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many benefits to getting um, just getting. The, the the FPX name out in the international stage, um, it, it's really the the major benefit I think. Um, but 
you know, unfortunately they won't be able to attend. Um, and it really is just a big blow for the organization. Um, because you know, they, they've never actually attended any international, uh, land before, right. That was actually, well, I guess, no, well, you can't really consider first strike in land. So, um, you know, it's just really unfortunate, but liquid, I think is probably the best replacement you could get, obviously in terms of, uh, where they finished, um, liquid finished right behind, uh, Fnatic, I believe. So, um, you know, it's completely understandable that liquid would be the ones to, excuse me, to get the slot. Um, I think they, I think they sort of, uh, I don't think they're going to do that great, uh, because I weren't really, I weren't really, um, I wasn't very impressed with how they, of how they played, but then again, they did lose to, to G2 and FPX, you know, two of the best teams in the, uh, in the region. So, um, it's hard to sort of quantify how good they can really be, but, but we'll see. Do we know what the top prize pool is at Reykjavik? Yes. Uh, so Masters 1 Reykjavik uh, has a... Actually, no, I'm not sure. I, actually, no, I don't believe it does. Um, okay. If we're going off the same um, prize pool as uh, prior events, mm -hmm. I believe it will probably be about 100,000. Um, okay. That would make the most amount of sense to me. Um, but it could be more than 100,000. Uh, but that's usually where it, where it stands. Um, is, is that for, is, was that at least for past events, was that for the entire tournament itself or was that just for first place? No, that's for the entire tournament. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's about 100,000, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's it's it sometimes changes, obviously, depending on the nature of the tournament and, you know, uh, how important I guess it is. Um, you know, because Valorant Champions had had a, like a million prize for, I'm pretty sure. Um, right. But Champions is the biggest event of the year. So, you know, it's very hard to distinguish um, prize pools, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't believe the, the prize pool has been announced. The uh, What has the reaction from fans been? I mean, is there a lot of sympathy for the Russian players? Is there kind of a lot of maybe understanding that this, is, this just comes with the territory of um, the ongoing war and that, you know, Russian citizens are unfortunately just going to have to deal with the brunt of all these sanctions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to quickly correct myself first because sure. I just I just remembered that um, Masters previously had a six hundred thousand prize pool. So um, just a little correction on that. I do actually think it will probably be around that to be honest. Um, but going forward, yeah, no, I do believe that there has been a lot of sympathy for you know the FPX players. They understand that um, it's not their fault. Uh, same with some of the uh, fanatic responses, although that's been a bit skewed because of Brave's comments. Um, but, you know, we have to remember that although Brave is a Russian player, um, he does still reside in Russia. You know, he's given Russian information. He's given uh, all this kind of propaganda. And, you know, it's very different and it's very difficult for us to judge somebody who's not in a position that we are, you know. Um, our media is very different to them. So I think people have a little bit more sympathy for FPX because obviously Xiao and Shigetsu, both Russian players, have not publicly stated that they support the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, I believe they're actually against the war. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how they feel. Um, so, you know, uh, these guys are being left out, you know, and their team is being left out all because of something that they have no control over, um, which is, is pretty unfortunate. Um, but I guess that's just the way the world works, you know? 
I mean, are do you think Russian players will be seen as a liability moving forward? I mean, for at least for as long as this war rages on, and even if this war does end soon, I mean, do we have we still don't have any idea how quickly governments might you know uh, turn off the 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 sanctions faucet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, again, it all depends on 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 governments and you know legal decisions, right? Because some Russian players that reside in the country may find workarounds, like I believe you can fly to Serbia and then fly from Serbia to whatever European country. So, right. you know, I feel like there will be some workarounds eventually, but for right now it's it's pretty hard, especially um, because most teams have a very short time frame to sort of work around. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite hard for teams that have to sort of prepare these kinds of things, especially if you're European. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you've got to prepare. Um, so I, I don't think we will be getting Russian players, uh, you know, for a while, I think for international tournaments, you know, as long as this, as long as this ban continues and the sanctions continues and the war rages on, you know, that this has got no sign of stopping anytime soon. So, um, it really is just going to come down to, um, how the West responds to, um, you know how how the West responds to Russia and how how different their approach may be. If there is peace and peace is achieved, then I think it's quite likely we'll see some restrictions eased. Obviously, mm-hmm. because it hurts the West as well, you know. So um, I think that will probably be the most likely scenario. So considering yeah. there's only a few international tournaments per year, um, I think we'll probably see we'll probably see Russians at the next international land. Um, but you know, that's not for another three or four months. So, yeah, you know, I did want to ask there, uh, the reports I read from dot esports is that there is one Ukrainian player who currently is in the country, um, who isn't able to compete because of the ongoing war. Uh, do we have any updates regarding, uh, you know, angel? Yeah. So angel went through a lot, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, at the start, he, you know, he was living in Kiev, obviously the, the capital city of Ukraine. Um, and he had to flee and during his his uh, escape from the city um, you know he was under shelling he had to protect himself it, it was horrible right like he was living in you know modern day war right it's horrible um, and at the time FPX actually said to him look if you don't if you can't play by March 15th then we're gonna have to cut your salary right because obviously he you know it's it's pretty impossible for him to play you know what I mean he's he's under bombardment by Russian forces, right? He, yeah. He's just a civilian. Um, but he did manage to escape and he did manage to um, get himself situated, which is good. Um, I'm not sure where he is now. I believe he's still in the country, but I, I think he's safe. So, um, you know, I'm very happy for him. He's, he's got a very good agency behind him. I think Prodigy helped him a lot with that. Um, so huge, huge uh, credit to, to Prodigy for that. I think they've done a very good job. Um, Was there any backlash to FPX for... <laughs> essentially dropping or threatening to drop a player in the midst of a war yeah of course i mean it, it was more of a threat to cut his salary you know and yeah this is a guy that was escaping uh a war you know this is not how you treat your players but then a few i believe it was like a day later they completely retracted the statement after it went public and they apologized to him and they said that they will be paying him regardless right so um, just goes to show, I guess, the the importance of the uh, you know the public tribunal, I guess. But um, yeah, so Angel is fine. It's just unfortunate that he is still in a in a war zone, basically, um, and it's very unfortunate that he has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, here at FTW, we'll continue covering uh, all the developments in esports regarding, uh, especially around the Russia and Ukraine war. Uh, George, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwmod.com. To follow George and keep up to date on Valorant, follow him at George C G E D on Twitter. That's George C Ged on Twitter. That's the one, yeah. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Ahmad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Demore. The show's executive producer is Kevin Morris. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.